Welcome to the Sound Bites Podcast. My name is Nick Martin, and today we will talk with Jeff Tun, who wears many hats, including best-selling author, speaker, and technology leader. His work has been featured in the Forbes, Huffington Post, among others. We'll tackle conversations around work from home and what it means for organizations today. What should remote work look like? Is it helpful for businesses to offer this, or is it detrimental? We'll also discuss technology road mapping. This is a broad topic made clear by Jeff as he gives advice on how organizations should be roadmapping, utilizing technology, making it a part of their plans. All of this and more as Jeff and I discuss technology and the biggest factor of all when it comes to adopting digital transformation, people. Sit back and enjoy the conversation. Let's get started. All right, Jeff, welcome to the show. Um, great to have you here. I just wanted to have you introduce yourself and we'll kind of jump into a couple questions we have. Awesome. Well, Nick, thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to sit down and chat with you and, and chat with your listeners. A little bit about my background. I've been in information technology for about 40 years, so long time. Uh, you know, I think we started on an abacus when I uh, first got into, into IT. Nice touch. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I came up through the software development side, right? I was a programmer, a developer. I fell in love with solving problems through code, uh, talking to someone in, uh, in a business role about a challenge they were having and being able to bring them back a solution uh, that helped solve their problem. Uh, over the years, I worked myself through the management ranks, uh, global organization at one point, and uh, you know was spending a lot of time on airplanes uh, because it was a global organization. But uh, eventually, worked my way into the CIO ranks and spent uh, about ten years as CIO for a couple of organizations here in Central Indiana, where where I'm from. Um, and just had a, a, a great uh, experience in both of those, uh, doing what we would probably call today digital transformation, although that's not really, it wasn't really a, a thing uh, seven or eight years ago when we were doing those kinds of things. But uh, at one point, I decided I, I wanted to try something new. So uh, I moved to the dark side, became a vendor, moved to the other side of the desk, and I became a product executive for uh, an IT services company, helping to productize the services that we would provide to the market, always trying to provide the voice of the CIO. Hmm. Um, we speak different languages sometimes on either side of the desk. And uh, what resonates uh, with an MSP uh, from language perspective may not resonate with the CIO and vice versa. So helping to bridge that understanding between the two uh, and I did that for, gosh, seven years. No, not quite that long, five or six years anyway. Uh, and decided about two and a half years ago to leave the corporate world and go out on my own. Uh, I had written a book uh, called uh, Amplify Your Value, uh, 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 Leading IT with Strategic Vision. And uh, so based on that book and then a subsequent a different book on job search, I launched this company uh, and our focus is changing the face of IT. And what I mean by that is really multifaceted and we can dig into this, but it, it, the basic premise is 
that many of us got to positions of leadership because we were good technologists, mm. not necessarily good leaders. And so uh, helping to understand what those leadership skills are, uh, helping to teach those leadership skills uh, and helping people to grow and be able to be more effective in their careers because they have those skills. Uh, and I've been doing this now for about two and a half years. So, Okay. So, and so you talked about leadership skills being taught. So you believe this is a teachable skill that, that people can really pick up? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, do, I, do I think people have some, uh, some innate traits hmm. that maybe lend themselves uh, more to leadership roles? Sure. Yeah, pro probably. Uh, but I also believe that most of these skills can be taught. It, hmm. it's, it's things like uh, uh, a deeper business acumen. And, you know, a lot of times we talk about business, we talk about the, the P&L and the balance sheet and, and that, but I mean, really getting in involved in whatever business you happen to be in uh, and understanding how the business makes money, what, what problems they solve for their customers, um, and what is the what is the buying motion that their customers go through? All of these things are so important to the technologists as they're trying to help the business grow and thrive. But it also goes beyond that to things like communication, collaboration, uh, a couple of things that aren't always uh, in our stereotypical view of the IT professional. Uh, uh, system thinking, design thinking, um, the the maniacal focus on the customer mm -hmm. and what that means for for a business from its technology perspective uh, and then the other aspect that that i spend a lot of time talking about uh, is diversity uh, diversity in technology roles is still uh, we've been talking about it for a long time and the numbers are still pretty pretty bad uh, when you think about uh, uh, Women in technology-related roles, there's about 23, 24%, depending on what survey you look you look at. Uh, as you get into the leadership ranks, those numbers drop dramatically. Uh, you look at uh, African-American in tech, there's about 8%. Uh, Latino is about uh, 5 or 6%. None of those really line up with our demographic in our country. Sure. Uh, in our world and trying to bring those into IT because I think a lot of these problems that we're, that business is trying to solve today are so complex. You need that diversity of thought, experience, background, and culture uh, to be able to solve them. So that's really what I've been doing for the last two and a half years in a wide variety of ways. I mean, it's definitely, a, uh, this is not an issue that won't go away overnight for sure. I mean, you're talking that's about right. deep, complex issues. Um, I guess my quick question would on, on that note you had mentioned, have those numbers changed at all in the past 10 years? You mean you talked about percentages there. Have they changed or have they not significantly? I would say they have not changed significantly. Okay. Um, we, we were seeing a bump in some of the numbers uh, pre-pandemic. Mm. Uh, pandemic, uh, um, we lost more of our female colleagues uh, huh. than as a percentage than we did male colleagues. Uh, for probably a wide variety of reasons, yeah. um, but uh, it kind of put us back to where we've been. I think mm. it, what, what I'm encouraged by, though, is we're seeing this newfound realization that we need to do better by our marginalized uh, 
colleagues and bring them in and create environments that uh, are not only diverse, but inclusive, making sure that everybody has a voice. Uh, and that's really, uh, it, it's going to solve a lot of things. But but one of the things that we run into is uh, we all have biases. Um, uh, it's just part of the human uh, human brain. Is, is, it's the way our brain works is we shortcut things uh, in our brain. Um, and understanding, sometimes we don't see our biases, but if we have this diverse team attacking a problem, we begin to get, uh, take the biases out of the technology. Uh, I mentioned I started life as a programmer. And so when I write code or used to write code, uh, some of my assumptions get built into the code. And the mm. same thing happens uh, today. I forget the exact number, but uh, things like uh, uh, voice recognition, a male voice uh, is more recognizable to these to these uh, natural language processors than a female voice. Huh. Uh, and there's studies that show the different percentages uh, of that. Um, and so uh, that's because it was probably designed and written by a guy, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and so when you're doing your testing, you're yeah. testing with male voices, mm. not a diverse set of voices. That's just a small example. Yeah. I mean, but you, you, you take that out across the thousand, hundred thousand variables out there. I mean, that could, yeah. it, it really sways the, <laughs> sways the market then. It really yeah, does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so on that note, you know, we're talking about people and, um, you know, aligning ourselves with diversity, you know, how, how are the impacts? And I'm going to just kind of switch gears here to remote work. As we look at Apple, so Apple just clarified uh, to their employees um, it, that, you know, they're going to require people to come in three days a week and mm -hmm. versus this whole remote work full time. And they can kind of pick and choose um, when their other two days are. So how how is that comparing to this whole idea of, of diversity relating with people? I mean, if a big corporation like Apple is doing it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's their correct move. It just means <laughs> we have a major player in the market doing this, so people will probably yeah. follow suit. So what's your take on that? What's your take on life after COVID, this whole idea of remote work? You know, is Apple making yeah. the correct move? Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. That, that. That, that, that is such a great question, Nick, because I tell you, <laughs> it's one of the the uh, most frequent conversations that, that I have with, with technology leaders uh, uh, across the board. And, you know, I, I've got, uh, I've got a client that is a large global manufacturer and they are very adamant. You have to be in the office. Hmm. Um, and it's a, a five day a week in the office um, because gosh, we're a manufacturer and the <laughs> people on the shop floor have to be in. So you have to be in. Well, the fact is they're, they're going to lose a lot of people uh, by doing that. Right. Um, uh, and you, you mentioned Apple saying, well, three days a week in the office and you can pick the other two days a week. I think that's probably getting closer huh. in my mind. It's, it's about flexibility uh, mm. that um, we're no longer, if we ever really were, uh, we're no longer an eight to five world, mm. right? Uh, and uh, I know some developers that write their best code at two o'clock in the morning. Well, <laughs> knock yourself out, man. Uh, yeah, that right. is not me. I'm asleep. Sure. But if you're writing code at two o'clock in the morning and it's good code, 
I'm not going to want you to come into the office at eight the next morning, mm. right? Uh, th those requirements. It's it, to me, so to me, it's the flexibility, uh, and that also starts to one of the, one of the other things that came out of the pandemic is when people went home, they they found this new relationship with their own families, mm -hmm. right? That they they were able to be more involved in their kids' lives because it's all happening right there. Uh, they they no longer had the the half hour to two hour commute in the morning and at at night, uh, and so they had more time in the day, and that lends itself again to this concept of flexibility. Uh, if I can be flexible uh, and pick when I'm going to be in the office, and maybe it's not even an entire day. Maybe I come in, maybe I'm a morning person in the office, and I come in. Uh, five mornings a week, but I go home in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, I think those are the kinds of schedules that we're going to start seeing is, mm. is, is that blended hybrid flexible schedule. Mm. Cause I think that that's what the professional wants. Now there are some roles like a developer. I mean, a developer can sit anywhere and, sure. and write code, right? Um, it remains to be seen whether they can truly understand the business need and the customer need when they're not there hmm. uh, interacting with uh, their co-workers or interacting with the customers. So I think we have to build those pieces in. Sure. Okay. So th that's an interesting point. So which brings along the conversation of, of a CIO's role in all this decision-making because I, I mean, what you're talking about is technology impacting a company at uh, an incredible level. Uh, I mean, this idea of remote work all of a sudden now uh, could make or break the HR departments uh, of uh, of like recruiting new people and talented people. And so how does a CIO sit at the executive table today and, and help make those decisions? How, you know, are they leveraging this or, or, or are the executive teams welcoming this kind of thing? Or are we still being taught how to sh make the shift here? Well, I, I think, I, I think the answer to that is it depends, right? Some <laughs> sure. some companies, some executive teams are going to be open to that where the CIO has a voice and can bring his or her voice uh, to this. What what people, uh, a lot of times, you know, we, we talk about, well, IT is different, right? Mm -hmm. Going back to my example of the manufacturer, right? I don't need to be in the office to do my work. Very seldom do you have to go touch a piece of technology. Yeah. There are some things that yes, you do have to go uh, to be able to touch. But for the most part, most of IT doesn't have to be sitting there to do the work that they're doing. Um, but you can't, you also have to be a part of the entire organization. You can't just say, well, IT is different. We're going to do it this way. <laughs> uh, you could probably make the case that HR could do a lot of their work from home, especially uh, talent acquisition. Yeah, the, that piece of, of HR. So I think it's got to be a conversation at the executive level of what's what are the key values that our company has and what are the key skills that we need and how do we attract those skills to our company mm -hmm. using our values? And, you know, dictating that, hey, you've got to be in five days a week probably isn't going to attract uh, the type of talent that you that you yeah. want and need. It will attract some, mm -hmm. but uh, it may not attract the best of the best. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I think the role of the CIO is to uh, a couple of things, right? Because we, we we do represent technology. That is our that is our job within the organization, is to bring uh, the knowledge of the technology that can be used to provide the experience or near experience of being in the office. It's mm -hmm. it's like you and I today, Nick, we're on video, we can see each yeah. other, have that conversation. Um, that goes a long way to building those kinds of relationships because you can see each other, right? Um, but it's not like being face-to-face. -face. It, yeah. I, I hate to say never, it never <laughs> will be because uh, yeah. You know, uh, tomorrow someone is going to release uh, the hologram, that right. uh, video call for hologram. I never know what's around uh, and, the corner. <laughs> and prove me wrong. But um, I think the CIO has two perspectives. They have to sit in the, as an executive, your first team, your first team is that executive team. So you have to make decisions that are, that are uh, the best decisions for that first team, for that company. Um, and then uh, talk about your team. But so, so you have to, first of all, represent that, but then you also are representing, here's what technology can do. Here's where it will play a role. Here's some of the things that we can bring uh, to, to the table to, to help with this. And, um, you know, get out of some of this uh, 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 synchronous world where we have to be all in the same meeting all at the same time. Uh, all day, every day. Yeah. And so how if a business is business leader and executive is listening to this and you're saying, okay, we, so there, there is something to be said about losing value face-to-face. -face. How, what is one or two practical ways to help overcome that? Like, is it just by doing more video chats? Is it by asking them to come out once a week or, or like how, how are executives supposed to, cause it, cause there is a balance, like you said there, I mean, you yeah, don't want to yeah. push people, but so, so what are, are there any practical ways or is that really the challenge today? <laughs> Well, I, I think I think you you have to build in some level of face to face, and and depending on how distributed your company is, that may be once or twice a year you're bringing people together hmm. to to meet each other to to break bread together um, and build those kinds of relationships. So first of all, you've got to build that in somehow. Um, and if you're less distributed, maybe you're doing that more often, but uh, that that's thing number one. Uh, and, and thing number two, I think is the executive, one of the things that, that, that executives miss um, uh, uh, with the whole pandemic thing is the ability to walk around and talk to people, hmm. right? Executives uh, that, that I talk to talk about stopping by someone's desk and having a conversation or running into them in the break room and saying, Hey, Nick, how was your weekend kind yeah. of thing? Right. And you don't get that in this distributed world because everything's so formal for you and I to have a conversation. I got to schedule a video call with you, <laughs> right? True. I'm not just going to all of a sudden 
uh, you know, ping you on a video call probably. Yeah. Um, and uh, it makes it a little, it takes some of that um, informality out of the relationship and makes it a little more formal. So we've got to, we've got to fight that. Uh, and a couple of ways that you can do that is uh, kind of the way we started our, our conversation today, Nick, is just a little bit of get to know you. Yeah. Uh, how was your weekend? What did you do over the weekend? What, what you know, mm-hmm. what's the weather like in your part of the world? Whatever it is, um, make sure that you build that into some of the, the conversations so that you start to get some of that, you know? Um, how was is, how, how is your son's baseball game Friday? I know he was... Yeah. You know, he was looking forward to the game. How did it go? Kind of thing. And so you're talking about building a little bit of informality and intentionality into kind of how we're how we're connecting with people. So like, yeah, you know, hey, when we get to meeting, it might not be all business. You know, we might. Hey, let's just spend a couple minutes connecting the dots together and and spending time. I, I love the way you said that the intentionality of being informal. Hmm. Right. It sounds, it's like an oxymoron, but, <laughs> That's right. but, but, it, but, it, but, it, but it, you're right. You have to be intentional about being informal. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So human connections made, <laughs> they're not made by meeting rooms. And so what we need to do then <laughs> is essentially create um, uh, a little virtual break room, you know, we're That's connecting. Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. This is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I, I talked with, uh, I'm trying to remember now what company it was, um, but they, they had a, a video channel that was always open Mm -hmm. in the break room. So whoever's walking by the break room, you're looking to see who's on the video. If there's anybody there, you can chat or, you know, you can kind of (laughs) see, uh, and I, you know, that, that gets a little, it gets a little big brother ish, maybe maybe. uh, checking out the break room, but, (laughs) but it's, people are trying different ideas to try to bring, uh, the, try to bring the office experience to the remote world. Right. Mm -hmm. That's actually a really cool, unique, creative idea. I mean, what we need to be more of today is creative. It sounds like it sounds like we need yeah, to be a lot yeah. more creative. Think outside the yeah. box. Uh, I don't know the technology people are great at doing that, but it's, it's a work in progress. Uh, you know, I think uh, <laughs> I think being in technology is a very creative type role. We may Fair not enough. we. We, we may not, I always joke with my friends in marketing, we may not always play with crayons and scissors, uh, but, uh, but we are creative. And uh, uh, to all the, all your listeners who are in marketing, I hope I just didn't offend you because I do, I do love uh, uh, marketing professionals. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think we're more uh, alike than we are different. When mm. um, at, at one point in uh, my career, I was CIO uh, but, uh, our CEO decided to combine marketing and it under me. So I served mm. as CIO and CMO, okay. uh, at the same time. And, uh, I was stunned, uh, at how similar we were and how similar our jobs were oh, that's uh, interesting. In, in a lot of respects. Um, and, uh, so have, have a, utmost respect for the for the marketing professionals yeah no doubt we all have our roles and 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 they're all hard jobs <laughs> that's right <laughs> Might not that's always right. feel that way when you're in the midst of it but but it's but it's true. yeah 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 and so okay one of the final subjects i'd love to bring up is um is think about technology road mapping this is something that uh, in, in our company that we're trying to do with our customers we're trying to help them come up with a roadmap. And in this roadmap, more often than not, ends up 
you know, we, we talk with executives, we talk with decision makers, um, if they're not ex- executives or decision makers. And, and more often than not, we end up talking about people. How, what are some keys to success uh, as technology, as uh, companies think about their technology roadmap? Um, because there's a lot of companies out there that don't even have one. How do they develop Correct. one? How do they, how do they add this to their yearly, quarterly breakdown? How, how, are they, how should they be building this out? Wow. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know, the, the technology roadmap really is uh, a business roadmap, right? It has mm-hmm. to start there. Um, and hopefully uh, the business has uh, a strategic plan or some plan for where the business itself is going. Uh, and then the technology roadmap can be, well, if the business is going there, how do we make sure the technology is ready? What it really comes down to is um, you, somewhere in your organization, you have to have some visionary leadership. And to me, visionary leadership, the, the, the one trait that sets a visionary leader apart from other types of leaders is this ability to stand in the future mm-hmm. and see what things are going to be like in the future. Uh, and that sounds, you know, uh, a, a little nebulous, but <laughs> literally, if you can say, okay, five years from now, 2027, um, what's, what are things going to be like in, in the industry that my company operates in, in my company itself, um, you, you begin to paint this picture of what that looks like. Um, and then you, you know where you are, right? Mm-hmm. You know, 2022, this is what we have. You begin to connect the dots from the future back to today. And that becomes your, your roadmap. Uh, you put together the things that says, okay, if this is what we're trying to build in five years, then before that, we need to do this. And before we do this, we need to do that. And pretty soon you just, you're, you now have your roadmap of how to build that. Mm-hmm. But, but your point about uh, the people side of it is absolutely true is as you're thinking about, this future, what skills do we need to achieve that? And how do we start building those skills today in our people so that we're ready and they're ready? Because one of the things that we have to do as leaders is we've got to paint this picture for our teams that is so vivid and so compelling, they can see themselves in that future. Hmm. Because if they don't, they'll leave. If they don't see themselves down, you know, five years down the road working for ABC Corporation, uh, because you didn't paint a picture of what it looked, what their job is going to look like then, or what their career is going to look like then, they'll go elsewhere to to find it. So we have to be able to describe that future so vividly that all of our teams can see themselves in that role, uh, and then it begins. You you start putting together a development plan. Uh, for your employees. A lot of times we wait until an employee is in trouble. And I know I just used air quotes on a on an audio <laughs> podcast, but for your audience, uh, picture some air quotes. Um, uh, we wait until the employee gets in trouble before we put them on a development plan. Well, why is that? Everybody needs to grow. Every One of the reasons people get involved in technology in, in itself is because they're naturally curious and they love to learn. So why not why not put people on a development plan from day one? Hmm. These are the skills that I need to, to uh, 
bring my vision to fruition. So if these are the skills I need, who on my team has them today or who on my team can develop them when I, and be ready when I need them. Wow. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, if there's a word that's kind of popping out in our conversation together, it seems like we, the people just need to be a little bit more intentional. Um, yeah. if they're, apparently, there's a lot of corporations, a lot of businesses, organizations flying by the seat of their pants making decisions um, because, I mean, this, is, this takes a lot of thought. I mean, this is going to yeah, take a lot of intentionality on leaders and for them to think things through properly. Yes. Mm. Absolutely. And, and so many aspects of it. Right. Mm. And when you start thinking about the people aspects of it, uh, people are complex. This technology stuff's pretty easy in comparison. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? That is very that's a fair word. <laughs> hey, well, I'd like to invite you to like a final word. Um anything you're passionate about as, as we discuss a lot of different t- topics, maybe there's something out there that we didn't cover that you're like, Hey, this is, this is worthy of a, this is worthy of a final word or a final discussion point. Um, I did want to invite you to that. If there's anything out there. I think we, we've kind of touched on this a, a little bit, but I, I can't emphasize enough that for the technology professional today, whether you're, whether you're a practitioner or whether you are in an MSP, um, it's, it's this focus on the customer, the customer experience, mm-hmm. customer uh, engagement. Uh, but then uh, uh, married very closely to that is the employee experience and employee engagement, because those two have to go together. Um, and we talk a lot in our space about digital transformation. And uh, to me, that it's really a mindset uh, about being intentional, to use our word again. Um, <laughs> And to be intentional and focus on how does the customer interact with my business mm. and how can I make that a better uh, experience for them? Uh, how do my employees interact with my business and how can I make that a better experience for them? To me, that's the transformation. Mm. Wow. That is an excellent final word. Um, I just really want to thank you so much for taking the time to, to be with me this morning. And uh, yeah, we just, uh, I'll, I'll make sure that anybody listening has all your contact information, making sure that if there's any way they want to reach out, maybe clarifying questions that they have that. Um, but yeah, I just really thank you so much for the time this morning and uh, yeah, being able to have this conversation. My pleasure, Nick. I've enjoyed it tremendously. Awesome. Well, thanks again. to thank Jeff for taking the time to give his insight into technology and how people are really the end goal of all things technology. Jeff's contact information will be posted in the description of this episode where you can reach out to him for questions or comments. I will also post my contact information for any feedback regarding this episode. Finally, we invite listeners to send in requests for topics on future episodes. Thank you for listening and don't forget to follow to receive updates on future episodes. My name is Nick Martin and you've been listening to the Sound Bites podcast. Thank you.